0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast, I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Corey Smith, Corey Thone, and Winter is Coming Editor-in-Chief Dan Selke. Isis could not be with us tonight. She's off at Disney World enjoying the time with her family, Ooh. having a nice little family vacation, so um, best wishes to her. Um, Dan, thanks for joining us tonight. We are going to be doing our annual... I guess it's the last ever Game of Thrones season wrap-up. And boy, do I have a lot of feelings. So we're just going to kick it right off with Episode 1, Winterfell. Um, And then, again, I like to throw all the guests under the bus. Right off the bat, um, what, what did you think of Episode 801, Winterfell?
1: Uh, I thought it was solid. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it opened well. I liked the uh, procession at the beginning. I liked that it, uh, you know, didn't have any big climactic moments. Like that, it ended on, you know, Jamie finding out or Jamie seeing Bran. It seemed like uh, I, th- I think a big problem with, with the latter part of this. I-, I think a big problem with the last two seasons is people have said kind of the rushing. And I know that people were complaining about the first episode that it was going a little bit too fast. I I, I-, I didn't really feel it. Like, I remember back then, it's kind of like, uh, oh, back then, I remember when our problems were this small. I was complaining that, like, was the, was the dragon ride on Regal and Drogon a little bit too young adult novel <laughs> cheesy? Which now seems like, who cares? <laughs> it did what it was supposed to do. Um, right. I, I, I enjoyed the premiere. I thought it was a, a nice preamble. Not perfect. I mean, it's not like it's a great top five episode or anything, but I, I thought it was solid.
0: I I liked episode eight oh one uh and I remember reading the reviews for it and everybody was like this is a great episode. There were laugh out loud moments, there were tender moments, we had John and Arya's reunion, and but I think Corey phone this was a setup for what was to come later on in the season because a lot of things began to happen off screen. To begin with, we had Bran tell them all that Viserion was now under the Night King's charge, but really we got no reactions whatsoever. Um, what what were your thoughts on on uh, Winterfell? Uh,
2: I it was my first Game of Thrones article for Winter's coming, where Woo-hoo. I Woo-hoo. yeah it, it was fun. Uh, I titled it "It Woo-hoo. didn't have to be like this," so I, you got my thoughts out the gate. <laughs> it was uh, it was rushed, as as I've been pointed out. Good example, Dan. Or I'm sorry, uh, Razor. Like you just said, the hey, your 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 dragon's a zombie dragon now, and Night King's riding it. It's like, anyway, let's talk more about how smart Sansa is. And it was just,
0: and how much we all hate Danny.
2: Yeah, just yeah. Look at this blonde bitch. Can you believe she had the audacity to <laughs> shuffle's note cards? Come here to help. Can you believe? It's just uh, I, I I, well, I mean, it wasn't the worst episode of the season. And it, it was – it's probably one of the two – I bet it's in the top two or three best episodes of the season, which is only six episodes. But still, um, <laughs> like, it it was fine. It was fine. We got a few cool moments in there. Uh, J- Jamie and Brand stare-down was cool. Uh, but once again, you know, something that we've hit on a million times, the way that they got to those cool moments was pretty dumb. Uh, and just by having Brand just sit <laughs> in the middle of winter – outside everybody's working like trying to do shit and he's like oh you want to inside? no no, no i want to sit here trust me there's gonna be a really cool moment that no one else is gonna see
0: <laughs> i'm waiting for an old friend and also i'm going to be king <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah man Corey smith um i remember <laughs> waiting to see how you felt about this episode because you're always sometimes as 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 much as I'm I'm the excited puppy dog of the podcast, you're you're always even much more than phone. You're a cynical guy when it comes to stuff. And I remember you being kind of lukewarm towards this episode. Uh what what were some of the highlights? Instead of giving me the, the, the low points, what, what were some of the highlights from this episode that you enjoyed?
3: Um well Arya and John's reunion was nice. Um you know, that was kind of fun to see because we've been waiting so long for it um i i did like the like dan mentioned the the kind of cliffhanger type thing where jamie pulls up and and Brand's sitting right there and you just see that look on uh jamie's face like oh shit like i he clearly hadn't even thought about what he would do you know regarding brand and throwing him out of the tower all those years ago so that was a cool <laughs> moment um you know, I just think it, it wasn't terrible. The entrance, the beginning was cool. It was a nice callback to Season uh, 1 when uh, King Robert arrived. It just This, I think, should have served as a warning for what we were about to get. Um, I think we kind of hoped during the off-season of Season 7 and 8, because we, we kind of felt Season 7 was a little bit rushed, um, and ultimately I don't think it was to the degree that 8 was, but... I think we kinda all hoped in the off season they would kind of fix the issues we had with season seven. And looking back on it now, I think this episode should have told us that nope. That stuff's just gonna continue. Um and yeah, I mean it should have just been a, a big warning, a red red alert for
2: us so. right and that was actually the point of the article that i wrote which you can go and find on winnerscoming.com nobody right
3: reads now. that dross
2: yeah i <laughs> not i, <don't>, I understand <laughs> i don't blame them <clears throat> and all the criticisms that i got in the comments which you know it's that's the comments of the comments and uh my whole thing was the first page was completely citing things from season seven it was like hey this was a problem this was super rushed this storyline was super rushed. This storyline was super rushed and it ended dumbly and I feel like they're rushing again in in episode 1 of season 8. Maybe I'm wrong, but man this feels rushed and like you said it was a it was a warning shot across the
0: nose, not up it, but yeah. Right across the bow. Uh I kind of I kind of feel like um now that we're looking back on everything that happens that happened in season 8 um, there were no filler episodes, and Dan, I think you and I talked about this in work chat one day. There was no filler episodes in this season. So, it, it, whereas in season six we might have got an episode where you know Ramsey killed his dad, and then and then like you know Rickon was captured, and Shaggy Dog's head was in a bag, and there was all kinds of weird things going on. Like it, we got to split time between Westeros and Essos. Still, we didn't, we don't have that luxury anymore in season eight, and. You look. You watch episode one. You didn't get the brand. You didn't get the reactions from Danny finding out that Viserion had been turned. Like you know, she she says these are my children, and obviously she thought Viserion was dead and didn't know about him being raised again. But so there should have been a reaction. Like I don't always need to be told what happens on screen. I can. I've got a pretty good imagination. But sometimes that reaction is the payoff. I wanted to see Danny's reaction. I also really really wanted to see John hug the bestest boy in Westeros and he didn't even acknowledge Ghost. So um I I kind of feel like
2: uh You know what we did get in this if if we're talking about things cuz I don't want to be captain negative douche the whole time. <laughs> uh the scene <laughs> this was the you episode be the captain,
3: I'll be the general.
2: <clears throat> That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I I wouldn't follow you into battle, but there's uh we got Besides, the, he wants
0: to be a general douche. I don't
2: yeah general douche. I mean that's you know stick no stick no your lane or whatever they say, uh stay in your lane. Yeah, there's this was the episode where we got uh Danny telling Sam that she killed his father and brother, and he uh-huh. got to really highlight his acting chops. I feel like in this episode, and then he went and told him telling John was. Strange, but uh, you know, I, I, whatever. It was a good scene. That he really was the star of this episode, if I remember yeah, correctly. He was.
0: I agree. So let's. Does anybody else have anything else they would like to add about episode one? Or are we all just kind of meh about it? I kind of feel like there's some meh yeah, out
1: there. I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was a solid opener. I think looking back at the criticism of the season, I mean, we'll get. I'm sure we'll get into it later. There. Okay, so I looked at the people, things people were saying. Sometimes I would say, okay, great, that makes sense. I didn't like that either. I got to admit, though, sometimes I go online, I see the criticism, and I'm just like, I don't get why it was a problem. And I, I do think there was a big dogpile effect yes. for this final season. Like, things just kind of snowballed. and like, and like and, 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 and by the end, you know, because eventually people knew that being negative about the season would get clicks and stuff. So you would see articles about the, like, the silliest little things, or, like, people, like, willfully misunderstanding scenes so they could complain about them. I definitely think that tent started to happen more and more and more. This was not a perfect season of TV. Like, not even close. It, it was the weeks of the seasons. I do think there was a bubble that formed. And, you know, it, 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 it became an internet feedback loop. That happens all the time on the internet when people, people react to something and then they get a reaction to that reaction. So then people, people react and just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And it happened to this in a very big way. Um, I'm not sure if it's – again, I'm not saying it was a great season of TV because it had problems. I do think it got pretty wildly uh, exaggerated. I mean – understandably because the show was so big i mean it already had this huge audience so of course the reaction is going to be it's already kind of in this amplification chamber it just got worse and worse and worse
0: and the wait Um, time for this season was so long that people were expecting excellence eh,
1: yeah i I think i think a
3: lot hold on hold hold on though i don't think that's the reason we're i'll i'll say that it amplified our expectations sure but I think the reason we had expectations so high is because the majority of the show that came before this was so good. Yeah, and, I, I'm not know, sure the
1: wait time had a whole lot to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that, and and I do agree to to a certain extent. It did at the end there. It did just become a let's all just pile on, and and it it did become like you know it's cool to hate Game of Thrones and it's funny and look how stupid it is and da da da. It just get that. What? Coffee cup. Coffee. Yeah, water the coffee bottle. cup, the water bottle. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, like that hadn't even happened on the show before this point. Um, there was the one guy who walked around in jeans in one of the, like, season three or two or something. There and was then, George Bush's severed head. I'm sure yeah, I mean, like the, that. and all TV shows have that. George it, W. It, Bush, sorry. Yeah, George, the president. Yeah, not, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all TV shows have that. But that doesn't you know what I mean, but yeah, that's what it came mm-hmm. down to. but I think that i I know for myself, I wanted to to enjoy the last season oh, and yeah. and and I don't I didn't want to be a part of that, but a lot of it did feel like genuine uh, dissatisfaction with it and not just trying to be snarky or, or whatever and, and I think that a lot of that the show brought on itself.
1: Oh, absolutely! I, think... I, I, I would never say that there wasn't that it wasn't that it come from a real place. Um, yeah. I do think, to me, part almost more interesting than the season itself was watching the reactions and kind of watching this <laughs> sort of a cultural moment happen, where this thing just falls in the public opinion. I mean, it was fascinating. <laughs> I still find it fascinating. Well,
0: you you remember yeah. the memes before the season started? People were like. Oh, what's this Game of Thrones? I've never seen it before. I'm I mean, I, don't, I don't care. Like remember all the memes, like people were talking about how they'd never watched it and they were never gonna watch it, and it was cool to be one of those people who had never seen Game of Thrones. And then by episode eight oh five, like eight oh four to me, like uh, the last of the Starks, was painted a bullseye on the show for me for people to yeah, shit on. Yeah, it definitely
1: did. That it, was that yeah. was where it really turned
0: because you had because. Night of the Seven Kingdoms and the last and and the Long Night were excellent episodes, but you know the darkness the darkness being a little bit of a problem obviously, but you they were great episodes. But then you get into eight hundred four and it was just utter garbage to me. In my opinion, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that episode.
2: I I think and that Star- when Dan when Dan talks about the snowball effect, I think that there's truth to that. The idea that uh you know whenever things start going bad, people start nip. It becomes like nitpicking and all that kind of stuff to become a part of that because on the inverse like there are things that everyone universally loves like my favorite is the dark knight like i'm actually sitting i'm in a room with the dark knight uh movie poster that my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife bought me in like 2008 and it's a a, a, a dope poster i still have it it's framed and everything i love that movie i think it's the
1: joker in front of the street
2: It's actually it's it's got Batman in the middle holding a batarang, and to his left is the Joker holding a Joker card with Batman on it, and then Harvey Dent on on Batman's left with I believe in Harvey Dent over the side of his face that becomes burned. It's a very layered, yeah. So the Dark Knight is absolutely full of plot holes (laughs) and and like non like moments where you're like, wait, what? Just like the the best one is that Batman leaps out of a building to save you know Rachel. Right, Rachel, when she's falling to the ground, and saves her, and just leaves the Joker in a room with, I mean, like dozens of civilians, and we never (laughs) see them again. And it's like, so did he kill them? Like, what the hell just happened? And you know, moments like that, that now, well, screw it, we'll let that slide because this movie is awesome, right? Like with with Game of Thrones, you go back. There's lots of like, wait, how did they get to King's Landing so fast and stuff, blah and it's like it doesn't matter like it it pays. it's it's for the narrative it pays off but when the narrative becomes you know just this and kind of jumbled and and weird and people are getting upset you know that's when people start nitpicking and you know what else there's a stupid coffee like that kind of <laughs> stuff just stacks up i think so how did Grey how did worm beat great... john up the steps how did what and, and, and... How, how did Grey worm beat john up the steps yeah that is uh, yeah that was we're watching the last episode and i just had to pause it and be like you know what this is absurd like he just walked past him is
1: there a do? is there a double
2: like oh oh, it was yeah
1: yeah i i i agree and i think if the show had sold like for me like razor i i i i know you have an outline but um i think we should just kind of go crazy and talk about whatever we want but um i'm down let's do that okay
2: Let's stick like, with episode per episode. I, I like that okay, format. Okay. We'll end okay, up. We'll okay. just all end up bitching about the last two episodes. Oh no,
1: no, no! I will not. I. I, <laughs> no, I will, I, sir. I. I will, uh... well, yeah, okay. If, if that's your outline, stick to it. I will save my uh, comments for later. <laughs> but I'm in favor of anarchy. I really am. So I, I think we should switch to that.
0: Fair enough. You guys, you guys have no idea he really is. Okay. Let's let's get on to episode two. Arguably the best. Well, not arguably. It was the best episode of the season probably for me top five of the series um i know a lot of people have ranked higher or a little bit lower but amount of the seven kingdoms was um a return to the game of thrones of old um Corey Smith, you had a lot of comments during i'll take the black during the season of how you missed the the interaction between characters and this gave you everything you wanted speak to me on that
3: yeah i mean that's why I- I, and I think that's why this is pretty much everybody's favorite episode of the of the season. It's because that's what we watch this show for: is the interactions um, between the characters and their relationships, and how their actions and the in the big shocking moments affect their relationships down the road. And that's exactly what we got out of this episode. And I think that's why it was easily the the most liked episode of the of the season and probably pretty high up on you know the series overall um you know we got all kinds of great moments where their characters are just sitting in a room talking right nothing really happened in this episode um you know that advanced the plot per se um it was just them talking to each other uh reminiscing you know you had the hound and and Arya actually having a conversation. You had, obviously, the big one at the end where, you know, all these random people were talking to each other, and we got to see how they each connected to each other through the, you know, through the eight seasons. And, yeah, this was just a fantastic episode. Hey, and it, we, finally it, got, we
0: finally got a song that, t- that took down Reigns of Castamere.
3: Yeah, and, and it ended on a on a fantastic musical note, and it was just... It, it made you wish that maybe some of this stuff had been spread out into some of the other episodes, and maybe would have would have made the rest of the episodes feel a little more um, even and a and a kind of a more. I don't want to say slow, but a more um, just the pace that we've been used to with some with some of the seasons in the past. But yeah, I thought it was a fantastic episode. I'd put it probably in my top ten for the series overall. Um, if not right on the outside, looking in so
0: Corey Thun, does an episode like this that uh, comes around well I mean well, I would say from episode from season four till now, there have been a ton of great episodes, and even in the earlier seasons, there were great episodes too i'm just saying we got the the longer we went, the better they got. Does a season le- does an episode like a Night of the Seven Kingdoms make up for some of the problems in the later on in this season?
2: no like and it's it's an absolutely wonderful episode. Uh it was in the moment I agreed like wow that was I, I wouldn't say top 5 episode of the show but that was you know a top 10 or at least you know honorable mention episode. It, it was great. They had a lot of payoff moments that they've been building to for a while like reunions or or Brienne getting knighted and uh you know and it was full of torment which any, any any amount of torment increases an in episode's you know uh <laughs> rating in my mind. But when it's all said and done, the the stakes that they talked about that whole episode were not there. And looking back the on it it, it, it doesn't like everyone sitting around that goddamn fire lived. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, and
0: lived. Exactly.
2: Like it was we, so weird.
0: Yeah. And we had that podcast prepping for this episode, yeah. for, uh, the next episode. And we did our death pool. And I remember going over like going, this person's not going to live. This person's yeah. not going to live. We were debating
2: how many Starks were going (laughs) to (laughs) die.
0: Ain't none of them dead! Not even
1: all season. You gotta wonder why they didn't kill Podrick, right? Like, Pod. I got, I guess, why they kept Tormund. And, like, Davos, I mean, he's not really going to be in the line of fire. Like, Tormund, I thought, was for sure a goner. I guess, now that I've seen the whole season, I get why they kept Tormund, because he had to kind of... Uh, we talked they,
2: about that. He was the only wildling with a name.
1: Well, in that and I mean, like, and they used him. Like they, like he made Danny uncomfortable at that dinner, which kind of sent her under a little spiral. And they used him at the very end to kind of be like John's connection to the far north. So okay, like okay, get it. Like you're bookending the thing. Like he kind of was useful thematically. Um, you know, Jamie had something to do. Bram had something to do. Like Podrick, I they should have just killed him, right? Like he he didn't have yeah. a line after that, but it was smile and push brands wheelchair, which is nice. I'm glad he has a happy ending, but and I he think to, it definitely would have been show off his sexual prowess. Mm-hmm. He did.
3: Yeah. I, and I, I was going to say, you know, circling back to your question, does this excuse some of the other episodes? I'd say it's the opposite. I think it, it shines a light on the failures of the
2: failures of the, the,
3: failures of the yeah. other episodes. Good point. Because this is, this was kind of like a, almost like a throwback episode. Right. And, and it kind of made us all nostalgic for what the show used to be. And then we were thrown. I mean, okay. The long night wasn't necessarily throwing us back in, but episode four threw us right back into that quick pace that we were all dreading. And so, yeah, I mean, if anything, I think this episode by being so great, you know, made the other episodes look worse.
0: You know, Corey Smith wrote an article on winners coming of what he'll miss most about Game of Thrones, and uh, his big point was the sense of community. And, Dan, I know you and Corey, and Phone, you were part of this too. And our work chat, that week was just lit up by a bunch of people, and and, and our listeners out there will know who Sarah is. She's been sick, so she hasn't been able to join us for a while, but um, Sarah was so on top of the world after this episode because Gendry and Arya went to Fluck Mountain. And yeah. it was like it was like the best thing ever. Like we were all laughing and talking about Fuck Mountain, the sequel, and Return to Fuck Mountain, and all. It was just right. it was some fun stuff. Like it was community again. And I I remember being so like pumped up for the next episode, even though I was sure that we were going to lose more than just some side characters in Sejora. I thought that maybe you know like I did not see Gilly living, and they brought right. back the dead in the crypts. They actually brought back. God damn it, Corey Smith was right, and they brought back the dead in the Stark Crypt. And they can punch through concrete. And they can punch through concrete, and Gilly still didn't die. do
2: you want to know what would have been really cool, instead of having Sam somehow live flailing about (laughs) out in the battlefields and shit, had him been in the crypt and been the only one down there that had experience fighting whites and, like, saved them? It'd have been really cool. Yeah.
1: But that, whatever. Really nice.
2: I'm just a piece of shit in Kansas, and I just came up with that. So. I mean,
1: yeah, you are. I mean, it, it's like, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, it's okay, I, I do want to say this. The, like, the proliferation of here's how it should have been written gets pretty exhausting. Like, that, that is something that I, it, it, if I step back and look at it because you, you've all seen this, right? There are like a thousand and one YouTube videos and articles about, it should have been done this way, do 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 And like, some some are good, some are good, and some are just the worst. And some suggest things are good, some I don't. I, just, the, the, the notion of, of that, it, it always strikes me as a little, I don't know, unhelpful or just, like, if you're writing this show, if you're writing a show that has all these eyes on it, like there must be a jillion people ready to tell you the way you can write it better. And I think we can all agree that it should have been written better. Like again, I'm not not saying that. Um I do think it would have been I I look at all like the it should've been written this way, kind of uh uh angle, which I have myself, and I think there's no way that anybody actually writing the show could have parsed all this out. Because there's just too much. There's too much noise, and yeah. even though it can be satisfying to look back and say, "Well, it should have been that way," in hindsight, I—I uh, I don't know—something that like rubs me the wrong way about people chiming in with, "Well, it should have been done this way," and it's—it's—it's it's, it's never complete and it's never full, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But there's but just you know so much hurt? of it out there. It does kind of add to the the pylon effect. What's that? You know what, you know what hurt to the
0: pylon for like, and this is. And I know we skipped ahead to the, the the long night, but this is what happens when they do the behind the scenes game you know, after the Game of Thrones or whatever oh, it's called. Man. And and Peter Dinklage says, "Oh yeah, they put us down there in the crypts, where are the dead are." Who's the I? Are? The, oh, what a great idea that was! And then every YouTuber and redditor grabbed a hold of that and made gifs and memes and videos of it, and it was like, you know what, HBO, you yeah, fucked up.
1: As I should have. Oh my god. When I saw David Benioff do the Danny kind of forgot about the Iron Fleet, I knew. I knew oh. the instant I saw it. Like, oh, you should not have said that. Do you have any idea what you just gave people? That and was, that thing is in. still going. That was that yeah. was that was
0: rough. Well, okay, so I wanna get back to um uh, United Seven Kingdoms really quick. I I like I said, it was it was water cooler, it was it was community, it was a great episode. Um we had Brienne there was a lot of things that happened. Arya and Gendry, you know, they had sex. Um finally the reunion happened, all the flirting paid off. We had uh Brianne being knighted, we had Jenny of Oldstone's uh song. We had, you know, Sam, Ed, and John together one last time as they ignored Ghost on the battlements of Winterfell. Uh, and you know, there were and Jorah and Liana Mormont had their last moment together even though they both died in the next episode, and it's like, why even have a house in Wormline anymore? But okay. Um, But still, there was a nice moment because they both died, and Jorah was telling her she was the last of the house and that she needed to stay safe, but she still was valiant and fought in the battle. But uh, before we move on, I'm going to give you guys a chance. Is there anything else you want to say about episode 802 because we can keep trucking on to the next episode. Alright. Okay, so here's the big one, a long night. Before this episode aired, we did a special take the black where Corey Smith, Corey Ellen, and I get our Deadpool. Man, we were so excited for this episode, and then it came on, and it was pitch black. Like you could see nothing. You could even with even with the neat little light trick that Melisandre did for the Dothraki, you still didn't see anything. And you know what got me? I don't know if any of you guys have watched Band of Brothers, but in the one of the one of the last two or three episodes, um, they have to go on a patrol at nighttime across the river to save some prisoners. And this is an HBO show done by Playtone, Tom Hanks and company, and he they go across at nighttime and you can see everything. It's all how they filmed it. You can see the color of people's hair, but you know you get the idea that this episode was done at nighttime. This mission is a nighttime off. But we get the HBO guy telling everybody, shut up, your feelings are (laughs) invalid, (laughs) fix your TVs, or don't watch the fucking episode, basically.
1: Oh yeah, I I mean, like, Battle of Helms Deep was a a touchstone for this. And you go back and watch that, and everything is, you know, blue, which isn't the way night looks, but you get it. It's like, okay, that right. means it's night. And you can see everything. What kills me about the darkness is that you know that, that the cinematographers thought they were breaking new ground. That they thought they were going to have this cool, experimental, dark filming kind of a new sort of thing. and it, it was probably harder to do than just bringing in some damn lights, even if it wouldn't quite look as realistic. So... But that's what kind of kills me. Like, you know that people put so much work into this, but at the end of the day, when you can't see anything, it's like, oh, I guess you should have just taken the easier option because <laughs> this didn't quite work. Yeah, I feel like the guy,
0: just they're going, I'm going to get an Emmy. I'm going to get an Emmy. I'm going to oh, get it." Oh, 100%. <laughs> but, uh, so, course, I, I, yeah. I, was, okay. I mean, I was just going to say
3: this kind of is the same thing as the danny forgot about the iron fleet it's like their responses almost made it worse it did make it worse because they're like no no it's nighttime you can't see anything at nighttime well then why would you film the episode if we're not gonna be able to see anything what's the point of watching like you know what i mean like just tell us well we thought we you know what i mean like I feel like they could have had a better response to that than oh we didn't have a million candles back in Westeros to film it. <laughs> you know I mean, like
2: just stop with this. No the but they had shit. Starbucks coffee cups. See right there. That's oh, like if you're going to be sassy, bang. we can be sassy right back, dude.
3: Like that's that's yeah, the thing I, it, and it's I so mean, annoying. Maybe, yeah, I just bang. wish they would have come not not clean but like just had better explanations and not like Literally, you're serving up. You're like antagonizing us with your answers. So of course, we're gonna get pissed off. You know what
1: I mean? I mean I, so yeah, I, I agree. At the same time, I, I I did feel for that guy who gave. 100
2: percent. Because I think <laughs> I think <laughs> they did that in post. Don't you? Don't you think they? Don't you think they had to have made it darker in post?
3: Yeah, because otherwise the actors wouldn't have been able. would be see. able
2: to see anything.
3: Yeah, I mean they oh, they sure. had to have darkened this in yeah in post production. So it was an artistic yeah. choice. So for all they thought, they were like, yeah, man, this is going to be the best damn battle scene ever. It's so clear. Everybody can see, you know, it's got such a great sense of geography and you can always tell where someone is. And then, boom, you're just staring at a black screen and you're like, what the hell is going on? So, yeah, I'm sure there were some pissed off cinematographers and cameramen that watched the
0: episode. I was watching this episode on my laptop the night on HBO Now. And you don't even see Melisandre coming out of the dark until she's almost right on top of, J- of Jura. You don't even see her.
1: Yeah, it it did. It, I mean, it was brighter on my TV. I, that's how I watched it first. And it was like, it was dark, but it wasn't like terrible dark. And then I watched it on my laptop the next day. I'm like, holy crap, this is bad. Um, and I I, I I stand by I'm pretty sure the Spenorgers thought they were doing something brilliant and groundbreaking. It just didn't work. Um I did feel bad for the cinematographer who gave the quote where he's like, it's just your TV. Because, I mean, again, it's kind of – it's that scrutiny and feedback loop thing where that guy is not trained to deal with the internet feedback He doesn't loop.
2: have a PR he, manager.
1: No. <laughs> he, he is a techie. He is a guy who is – whose life has been cameras and F-stops and – Like uh, lighting mechanisms, he had no idea the pit he was getting into.
0: He instantly vomited into his trash can, like that guy on Silicon Valley.
1: (laughs) He probably did. So I, I think there were a lot of moments like that where, again, the the reactions of the people in the show and the the audience kind of it had this like bigger narrative that, again, to me was almost more interesting than the show itself because it just took on this life of its own. But I. I felt for that guy. I, 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 I did not want to be in his DMs after that. No,
2: for sure. And, and it's But again, it's talking about the, the loop of the internet. They hyped that shit up themselves. They're the ones who were comparing it to Helm's Deep. They were the ones who were putting out press releases with 55 days of filming. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I know you. And they put the work in. I'm not trying to take away from the work they put in cuz i can you know based off the way the actors described their schedules it was uh, and and the the crew and stuff it was a nightmare and so to have that to have that be scrutinized this way and you know by a piece of shit in Kansas like me is uh you know not necessarily fair cuz you know i i've done you know uh, production work and stuff and i suck at it so it's uh <laughs> it's it's not the, even anywhere near the same quality but when it's all said hey, and done, I've seen
0: your lot commercials. They they're, they're nice.
2: Appreciate it. So, but when it's all said and done, they uh they they kind of hyped it up themselves. Like oh, coming totally into this, this season, it was on them to deliver on their own hype. And and I think pretty much everyone agreed that it was a good episode. The battle was definitely tense. It was long, but uh, there were a lot of problems, you know, narratively with it you uh especially with how it ended that had people scratching their heads or whatever like we hadn't even talked about that stuff yet we just talked about the darkness for the last yeah. 10 minutes and not the underrated band from the mid 2000s the just the episode itself <laughs>
0: um okay is this the first episode Dan where Ken Harrington came out and said fuck fuck you if you don't like the, like the show i think i, don't I think remember
1: i mean like on- it was right around now. This time. Thinking about it, God, he must. Have, I don't know what he was going through. <laughs> and that poor guy, like you know, he, he's he's had a, he's had to go get us some
0: rest in Connecticut.
1: It might have been around here, yeah.
0: It, it was right around this time where the show started getting scrutinized. Where he was like, "I don't give a fuck what you think. We put too much work into this for you not to like it." So fuck you. And uh, that was basically to the critics, but you kind of feel like he was talking to the fans who were, who were complaining too. But you don't know.
1: That's and true.
0: obviously, obviously, we it was wish him best. Yeah, and, and let's talk about some of the underlying stuff that happened in this episode. So, a lot. I think this show, this episode, divided the internet between the people who really loved the subvert your expectations. I know that Corey Phone and Corey Smith love me saying that because this is this is what this is where Benioff first said it too. I think the expectations got subverted, and Arya's is the one that killed the Night King. So the internet was divided down the middle. I. I had no problem whatsoever with Arya killing the Night King. Here's what I had a problem with: is what is Jon Snow's place in all of this? And Dan, I know you're going to say that we don't have to have um, chosen ones for a TV show to work, and there doesn't need to be heroes for a chose for a or you know a, a thematically one character that is the hero of everything. But what has Jon Snow's story even been about? Especially if he's the one that's been involved with the Night King the most, for him to do nothing this entire
1: season. Yeah, see, that's the, one of those criticisms that I go online and I'm looking for like people to agree with, and not like this in the same way that I don't like the episode. And yeah, I didn't get, I still don't get that. I, John's story is what John's story was throughout the series. I mean, what about Arya's story? For for, for this episode, what made the episode work for me? What kind of saved it? And there were rough parts. I mean, I think we can all agree that, I mean, look, if you're going to tell us these characters are smart, like over and over, Tyrion's smart, Sansa smart, you got to have one of them think that maybe the dead are going to rise. You just have to, or right. else, you know, it doesn't make sense. What saved the episode for me, what made it in my mind, okay, this is good, was the Arya twist. And I know people divided on the middle. For me, it did work. For oh, me, I-, I thought that was, it was fun to watch. It was a fun payoff to her you know, basically seven-season journey of kind of becoming this person capable of doing that. I mean, would I have liked, I don't know, if it would be a little more layered? Maybe the other White Walkers didn't shatter into a million pieces when it happened? Sure. Um, But yeah, overall, I thought it worked, and that's, for me, what said... uh, That that made the episode work for me. Like, that was a satisfying conclusion to it. And I... I, I, Yeah, I, I do think... I agree with a lot of the criticism. I'm sure we'll get to it up the season criticisms that what was the point of John or <laughs> we didn't find out what the spirals mean or what was brand doing. I didn't get any of those. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, what? Okay.
0: You bring up a great point. The spirals. I don't care about. I'm sure that'll be explained some point. In just the like tr- or if the it doesn't, I
1: don't should have been bigger. Right. Uh, that's, that's what the spiral things mean. Like, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think the entire series, he was a silent embodiment of death. And I th- 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 there was definitely an aspect of, of criticism, and this part I don't agree with, where people were – and again, there were pl- – I, I just want to disclaimer the hell out of this. Lots of criticisms I agree with about the season. But there were some – I think this is an example of one of them – where people seem to be criticizing the show – that they thought they were watching, but not the show they were actually watching. And in the case of what was the point of Jon, or the Night King should have lasted longer, or what was Bran doing, like, that all kind of fell under that. Well, I,
0: I think the the Bran thing, almost to me, is a little bit more valid, because why why tell Theon you're leaving, Ward, go into some birds, and then never come back until the Night King comes up, shows up? I just... To me, that was know. one of those. Was that's that's what I'm talking about. That's one of those things that was left twisting in the wind by a shortened season. I feel like that should have been answered. And when I mean when I say the point of John, I'm not talking about this episode. We could have John could have been given a much larger story. Um, throughout the season, but all he did was grunt and say he didn't want it. And that Danny was his queen. That's all he did all season long. He did nothing more than that. And it makes me feel bad for Kit Harrington, who had he been given some, some dialogue other than you are my queen. He, he probably would be up for some awards because he worked his ass off. Instead, instead the poor guy is in Connecticut getting his mind, right? So I feel bad for him because I feel like he was shortchanged this season. Um, But I I I mean okay,
2: can I can I just say you're talking about him being shortchanged? John did not have a battle a fight scene really all I mean he fought like, you know, faceless minions, but he didn't have a fight scene the whole season.
1: Right.
2: Like he he's had moments in other like in previous seasons, multiple moments where he's had like a one v one thing. And I, I I think we talked on the podcast after Arya killed the Night King. Like, yeah, it makes perfect sense for her to be the one to do it because she can do it. She's a ninja. They've established that multiple times throughout the show. That didn't come out of left field. It only came out of left field, like Dan said, because there were expectations for the show by fans that that wasn't what the expectations were, right? And and right. you know, the biggest problem at the end was what Razor is saying is in okay, well if if he didn't kill the Night King and he also didn't become king and like just all these things that then why did we go through these steps like with brand like why did we do these things in the past to get to this point i I mean, just lots of twisting in the wind is that how you phrase it razor yeah. i mean it's just yeah, kind yeah, of
0: like, i feel like i feel questions. like questions yeah i feel like this like to for me and and i'm not even gonna go down the book reader stuff i'm gonna go down the show me path on this for me this started in season one episode two where uh, Ned Stark and John are at the at the at the fork in the road, and John's going to the Wall, and Ned's going to King's Landing, and he's like, uh, "When I when I see you again, I'll tell you about your mother." That's when that started. That's when Jon Snow's journey st- started, right? And he had all these great, and, and for lack of a better word, hero moments, right? He saved Gior Mormont from a white attack at Castle Black. He got Longclaw. He went north. On the range, the great ranging, and he snuck into the, as a, he he went undercover as a wildling. Um, he got the glove of his life in Ygritte. He defended the wall. He went to Craster's keep, killed the mutineers, got Ghost back, defended the wall, um, and then was elected Lord Commander. Was murdered, was brought back to life won the North back with his sister, became king in the North. We find out that he's a legitimate Targaryen through Bran's visions and that he is the heir to the Iron Throne. He's never been a bastard, only to have him grunt all season long. And that's what I'm upset about. That's what pisses me off. And also, is... there
2: was a lot of foreshadowing with Jon, not to cut you off, because we're on a roll there, buddy, and I'm proud of you, but uh, not to to mm-hmm. get too far off of it, but there was lots of foreshadowing with John being not as good of a fighter as people thought he was like he barely, like he didn't actually just like Ned didn't beat the Arthur Dane fella. You know, John was going to lose to creepy skull drinking guy at Craster's keep until
0: Carl, Carl fucking tenor.
2: Yeah, that dude, that dude was going to beat John and you know, the, the white Walker that John killed at hard home was definitely going to kill John if he would have known that John had Valyrian steel. He would have done something different. And you know, there's lots of moments like John fighting the thin, like I oh, was going to lose. There's happened to be a hammer right there next to him, getting choked out. Like lots of moments where, like actually, John is kind of lucky. Like these serendipitous things keep happening for him, and then he gets killed and he comes back. And it's like, well, there's a lot of plotter on this, but. You know, uh, we talked on the podcast, like, um, if John takes on the Night King, he's probably not going to beat him. Like, there's got to be something else happen. And so, you know, there was just lots of, again, that comes back into us theorizing about the show. But that's just another thing where, like, we didn't, I don't know. that They, they had a lot of open doors, I guess, in my mind. And so uh, you guys can just take that. There's not really a point. The end point is. But you know, nothing really. I don't really have a, a conclusion for that story. He actually was a the best fighter, I guess. I don't know. I guess
0: none of it really matters. Um, but I, I and, know what? And
2: okay, and that would have been fine too if the end point was that like your prophecy doesn't matter, your your birthright doesn't matter. You know, all if that was the end point they were going for with the season, because you know by casting away all the 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 Valen. Quar, how you say it, prophecy, and Azor high and, and whatever else, like the prince was uh, promised, If the, by throwing all that away and saying, you know, screw a prophecy, this is humanity, and humanity is not, you can't predict it, and there's, you know, better ways to, to, if that was the point too, I don't feel like they landed that point that well either. So I don't really know what the point was of, like, the final... Like Bran on the throne and such, because I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there's a they could have used a couple more minutes
1: of show. I mean, I definitely think that the points come across. I feel like I know what the points they were going for were, including Bran of the throne. I mean, the point of John again. I I, I disagree with a lot of what you guys are saying about John. And there's a we don't have a, a, we don't have infinite time here, but I mean, I I don't see. Like, how John having a fight scene would make it better or worse? Like, in Season 7, I thought it was silly that they gave him a fight scene kind of out of nowhere, going beyond the wall to find a white. Like, I don't think he should have a fight scene at all. Like, There's no no doubt that was silly. Yeah,
0: you're 100% correct.
1: He doesn't need a fight scene to be an important character. Like, I don't think prophecy was ever important. And by the way, I want to point out, just for the the prophecy thing bugged me. Like, especially folks saying the Valancore prophecy wasn't paid off. The Valencor prophecy, just to clarify for once and for all, was never once mentioned on the show. It is not a thing. So the show has no obligation to pay it off. I, really, prophecies aren't a thing on the show at all, but that's another thing. Magic there are so on many, the there, show. There's there so right. many branches here that I could go off on forever, but we don't have time. Um, I think the point of John's story was to get him to the point where he kills Danny. I think the point of revealing John's heritage was to get Danny to the point where she would do what she did. I don't think it worked. I don't think they sold it. I think, like you said, Corey Thone, they just needed more show to sell it. But mm-hmm. I, I think that is the point of where a story was going. And again, I don't think it they quite landed it, but that, that, mm-hmm. that's what I think the point was at the end.
0: Corey Smith, I know that you had to cut out for a second there with your back. Um, uh, favorite favorite, or you know, just most hated moment? What do you got from The, uh, the Long Night that you just really liked or really didn't like?
3: Um, I, I was a fan of Arya killing the Night King. I thought, I thought it, you know, maybe physically, like, just the... I mean, we kind of got that explanation in the in the documentary about her jumping over the, the bodies of the Whites. Which, um, again, for, I don't
0: think we needed that explanation. She's a fucking no, ninja. We
3: Me neither. Yeah. yeah, I don't think yeah. about it. Again, that's, that's, that's like a minor nitpick. Like I said, I, I liked it. It... it it worked for me. I enjoyed it. I, I, I didn't necessarily have the the outrage because we didn't learn that that John really didn't do anything the rest of the season. You know what I mean? So at the time, it was like, all right, cool. Arya killed him, and not the Night King, and not John. So you know, but John's got some higher purpose to serve or whatever. So I like that moment. Um, worst moment, I guess. Anything we couldn't see. Um, I don't know if that counts.
2: But... Okay, gotcha. So, <laughs> worst moment was the battle planning.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who sends I mean... out their cavalry first? Or I like, Brand, I like I the mean... theory
2: that Smith had where he was like, no, they just got super stoked about having fire swords and charged without like being told to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they totally <Yeah>. did.
3: <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't know. I, I also wasn't a big fan of Bran. Like, he warged into the Ravens and then was like, oh, the Night King's here. Well, of course he's here, dummy. Like we knew that. Like that's all you can. That's all you could contribute. Like you know, I I wish maybe we'd seen a little bit more from from Bran in that moment, because then I feel like it, it, it would have made you know his later choosing as the king. You know, like you could have said he was instrumental in the battle of of Winterfell. You know what I mean? Like he he guided our troops. He told us where this was. He told us where that was. Da da da. But you know, instead he just like kind of walked into some ravens and then sat there waiting for the night king. So I don't
1: I know. I mean, yeah, he was, was the bait. I mean, plan. I, yeah.
3: that's I, true. I get it. I know he was the bait, but I'm also saying he could. That didn't mean that didn't preclude him from contributing to the but battle. Let's
0: settle this once and for all. He was warging into some furniture at King's Landing and picking out his decor for his new king. His new that's king. right. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, really The sir pounced down there, walking around. <laughs> but uh, you know what I I gotta say um, for the for, for the fact that uh, it was so dark, like um, we always get a get a kick out of mentioning Lord of the Rings. We've already talked about Hell's Zeep, but I, I was fortunate enough to interview uh, Martin Hill from the Weta Digital part uh, division of Weta, and he said that for this episode, you know, we talked about um, how the in a couple couple of podcasts after this episode we talked about how the undead were stacked up and how the dothraki charged and we didn't know what they they came up against well he mentioned in that interview that it was mounds and mounds of writhing undead like all together so that's what that's what you that's why we didn't see like individual undead during the episode like you did in beyond the wall so um you know, that was a, that was a pretty cool moment to talk to somebody who had done work on on a Lord of the Rings show, or had he was team had done work, work on Lord of the Rings, and just talk about how they did that with Helms Deep. But let's let's get this thing moving. We're we're kind of we're, we're going into episode eight hundred four, which honestly, um, yeah, nothing. You can just skip that shit. The right. last Starks was complete garbage. The only good part about this this episode was was the funeral because there was real emotions there. You know, you had Amelia Clark whisper something to Ian Glenn, which uh, he says he'll never tell anybody. And then, um, you know, that was very emotional. And then David Nutter came over to Sophie, Sophie uh, Turner and said, this is the last time you'll ever see Theon. And, um, and it's also, this is Alfie's last scene. So, you know, say you're, you're saying your goodbyes for real in real life. And so, Sophie Turner really like broke down. She had a breakdown right then and she, her scene was beautiful, you know, putting the stark pin on on him. It was just a great scene. So, the, that for me was the the beginning was 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 great. Um other than that, the Brienne and Jamie hookup was good. I guess you could say that was our return to Fuck Mountain. Um Arya didn't get to go back. Gendry didn't go go back, but Brienne and, and Jamie went, went to Fuck Mountain so that was kind of nice. Anyway, um does anybody have anything they want to say about this episode before we move on? Yeah, anybody tons. Like... Go ahead. Yeah,
2: do it. I, I mean, I agree. I'm, I don't know. I'm starting to think, and and you know, we're we're discussing it in chat, and Razor <laughs> isn't checking his chat, so let's bring it up here. Uh, you we know, can we're edit it. we're basically yeah. It. No, we should leave it in. They need to know. They need to know. <laughs> this is some fly by night shit. I so, am a uh, tyrant. We are already basically an hour into this and I, I while I think Last of the Starks is trash there is a lot we need to talk about here I agree with Dan there's lots to talk about um maybe we should break this up into a two-parter
1: You know what I think I think it's I kind think, of a good idea Okay I, I think that I think now that I'm looking at chat I think now, it's <laughs> a gra- I
2: think it's a great idea and I came up with it so I think <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so we'll do this again next week. We'll pick up uh, with the last episodes next week. Uh, That'll be easy if everybody's down for that.
1: As a preview, I will argue against it being trash, everybody out there, or at least that it having some snap, uh, some very recommendable parts.
2: It, ha- I, I will agree with that. It had some. There were parts of this episode where I was like, "Oh, are we gonna? Is this gonna be? Is everything else gonna be like this?" And then it wasn't. But there were parts that were really uh, throwback, it's okay, throwback. It took a
1: freaking turn, man. Like there are huge problems. Like again. Th- th- Again, but y'all to tune in maybe tune in next week. Dan, you
2: if, you, if you have to be here for the next one because yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I know. I know
2: if I know. if it's just okay. me, David,
1: and Corey, it's gonna <laughs> be, <laughs>
2: it's gonna be real bleak.
0: It is going to be a shitathon.
1: <laughs> I am uh, marking my calendar.
0: All right, guys. So you've heard it here first. Dan's coming back next week to uh, help re- review the final three episodes of Game of Thrones season eight. The final three episodes of Game of Thrones. As a series. Uh, so, let us know in the comments what you think about our thoughts on the show. I'm sure some of you didn't particularly like what we said.
1: Or some of you maybe have agreed. That's great. So, uh, let us know. Maybe some of you like what some of us said and didn't like what some of the rest of us said. You which probably case, like have a turf battle in the comments.
0: Yeah, you probably liked what Dan said, and you probably hated everything else that we said. And that's how it usually is. Anyway. sharks, baby. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening. We'll be back next
1: week with a lot